Welcome to Testimony, a musician story featuring Benja. And narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. Benjamin Tom, April 20th, 1983, in Hastings, Nebraska, a small rural area. While most kids his age were playing Nintendo and Sega Genesis, he was roaming the countryside on his dirt bike with his gun slinged over his back. I think the Lord sovereignly saved me by having me grow up, you know, in a small, smaller community, you know, in rural Midwest you know, the U.S., because had I grown up in a large city, I can confidently say that I would probably be dead or in jail right now. I say that based off, I know my proclivity, what I'm drawn to towards, um, like, I know I would have been involved in gangs, like, just instantly. Many people have tried to guess his ethnicity, but it is impossible to look at him and put him in a racial box. So uh, my mom's side, they're um, Japanese, Filipino, and Swedish. And my dad's side is Middle Eastern, Israeli, and German. So I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know I, I, I look a little different or unique or whatever, so I, I know it's a natural thing, but I, I try to stay clear of that because I lived in Memphis for a while, too, which is very segregated, and I, I'm really, I, I, hate seg- I hate racism, I hate segregation, I hate everything that comes with it. So when people try to put you in some racial box, I really try to stay clear of it. His mother is a classically trained pianist. And as a kid, Benja took piano and guitar lessons. His mother co-led worship all his life, and he grew up going to church, but he wasn't a Christian. Pretty rebellious in my ways, especially back then. So it took me took me until I was 16 years old to finally submit to the Lord. Today, both my sisters are married, um, but back then when I was around 16, they were dating these two guys that were in a band, which they're married to today, but back then they were dating them, and they were like the first quote-unquote picture of a Christian that I'd be like, wow. You know, it gave me a view of 
wow, I could do music or dress like this and still, you know, love the Lord and follow the Lord. Because, you know, when you have a small view of Christianity, you know, you might view that it's just a, you know, some polo wearing, khaki wearing, you know, lack of a better term, you know, nerds or whatever. And like, I, I didn't want any part in that type of Christianity. Um, but, but these dudes, you know, they were in a rock band or whatever, and they were cool. And I wanted to be like them. So when I saw them, you know, the Lord just, you know, gave me a glimpse of what I could look like as a Christian, you know, and it's crazy because today, you know, I'm still doing music and they're not, but the Lord used them, you know, to, to put that fire inside of me. went from leading his friends down the wrong path with his rebellious ways to submitting to the Lord. For a teenager, that was a lonely road because he lost 90% of his friends, which made high school tough. But his father instilled in him discipline and a love for sports. He played football in high school and one season in college before he got into a fatal car accident that took the life of his best friend. Yeah, we were just um, headed back to college, and, you know, JT was driving, and it was nighttime, and he was reaching back to get some of the back seat, and his foot came off the brake, you know, just a little bit, so we started rolling really slow out onto the highway, and it was dark, so I wasn't really paying attention, nor could I see that we were moving, and next thing I knew, like, I looked to the left, and it was, like, headlights right there, you know, horn blaring, and then boom, you know, I was knocked out from the impact. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really wake up until the paramedics revived me. Yeah, JT died that night, and I was in ICU for a couple of days, and I was in the hospital for about two weeks, I think. It was pretty, pretty tragic time, obviously, you know, but not, not just physically tragic or you know traumatic on my body, but mentally and spiritually, like it was a pretty, believe it or not, it was actually a pretty awesome time spiritually because I remember waking up in and out of surgeries or in and out of consciousness and I remember like literally, you know, a circle of my you know, my family and friends praying around me and like just sensing the presence of, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit there, just, just comforting. It was, it was a very powerful time. His spleen had exploded and all the toxins that were in his body for the past 18 years had released into his bloodstream. That could have led to death if the surgeons had not done an emergency procedure and removed his spleen. At that point in his life, he had a passion for football and music. He chose music. He left Nebraska and went to the world-renowned art school Full Sail in Orlando, Florida, and studied recording arts. That is where Benjamin became Benja. While I was in school, a good friend of mine from from Kingston, Jamaica, uh, just a good friend of mine, he he called me Benja one day and it stuck. Obviously, my name is Benjamin, uh, so everyone just started calling me that. And that's way before I was an artist at all, you know. 
at that point, I had no idea what I wanted to do. We do this for the king, King Yeshua. The only one righteous, you know that is Jah. We do this for the king, King Yeshua. You know that the spirit of the wicked do Jah. While at Full Sail, he met gospel and praise and worship artist William McDowell. He's my missions rep, and he was the first producer slash writer I met. You know, he let me sit in some sessions. I used to engineer for him, and he kind of gave me a glimpse of what the different roles were within the industry. And uh, and soon after I graduated, you know, I didn't get any interns at the labels I wanted to intern at, but there was a, a little small indie label here called NGMR, and that was actually the Cannoli Brothers label, Sam and Ron Jr. Cannoli, they had a label at that point, and I, and I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to intern. So basically, I interned at the label for, I don't know, almost, I think, two years, but started out just engineering and turned more into the business side also. And throughout my time interning with them, their father, Ron Cannoli, um, he hired me on to engineer for him personally. So just from that first year, I was already working full-time for for some pretty big people. And uh, it didn't take long for me to realize that I wasn't going to be an engineer for the rest of my life. And everyone kind of noticed it too. Like, Not that I was stepping outside of my bounds as an engineer because a lot of the things that that I would suggest were good ideas. So it was very evident that, man, you're a natural producer. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but you know, as I worked with more real producers, I, I learned what a producer does. Definitely loved producing, you know, that was that was my thing. And somewhere in the middle of that time I met uh, Jose Manuel Reyes, which is Mr. Big Fro from Group One Crew. And uh, we met and we kind of formed this group called Group One, and it was just a whole bunch of musicians, producers, and singers and rappers. Benja wrote and produced five songs for Group One Crew's self-titled debut album and won a Dove Award for writing and production. Now that he had discovered his talent for writing, he started developing himself as an artist and experimented in writing for himself and recording his voice. He funded his musical career by selling real estate and doing appraisals. This was very profitable for him. Plus, he had a cool boss that allowed him the flexibility to do his music. But he was very unhappy. So he took a leap of faith and quit his job to pursue music full time. Where would I be without, what would I be without, what could I sing about truly? Not for the grace that called my name. I had also hit this brick wall of like, I was so unhappy. Like, you know, I was a believer. I said I was doing Christian music, but it seems like a lot, like my mindset and a lot of the, a lot of the people I was around, like I didn't see like real fruit from what we were doing. Um, and not, not even monetarily, more spiritual fruit. If this is what I'm going to pursue full time and I want to do this for the Lord, then I need, I need more help, you know, walking this out because I'm not, Obviously, I don't have enough knowledge myself to do this right. I was like, so who out there does have the knowledge? And I, I just want to make amazing art for the Lord that glorifies him and not 
not be so contaminated with the world's ways of of doing business, especially the music industry. Um, it's dirty, it's such a dirty industry, um, and I hated it. It's a hundred percent political, and it, it's it's business, you know. Lost money, it can make a man funny. The root of all kinds of pain. But I can't take a cloudy day I make it so got to find joy in the rain yeah. They worked their whole life just to realize What they really needed they just couldn't buy The sooner that you learn this The sooner that you find real purpose from the king on high yeah. God gave me little things, yeah That I always dreamed of A show wouldn't bring no peace Made me just want more, yeah Made me want to hold, yeah My treasure right here on earth I'm so discontent with material blessings The joy in death cause the lip is suffering Gotta lay it all down for the sake of mankind Speak the truth for the spiritually blind Look into the mirror and the mind His brother-in-law was doing some design for Reach Records Before they were the super hot label they are known as now And suggested he hook up with them He moved to Memphis, Tennessee, where they were located at the time, and worked on Lecrae's Rebel album. It was musically discipled by Adam Thompson, now of Collision Records, and Ben Washer. Uh, Memphis was an amazing, amazing time for me spiritually um, and creatively, just to be surrounded by so many amazing uh, creative souls uh, that we can feed off of each other. I I still long for that type of community today. Like, just to have not only people that are passionate about the Lord and that have knowledge about the Lord, but also are extremely creatively talented. Reach Records decided to move to Atlanta, and Benja felt it was time to work on his career as an artist. So he moved back to Orlando, Florida, and released his first album, Filtered, in 2009, and hooked up with Dilavu in 2010 to drop the reggae-inspired Introducing Loved Ones album. And how I got into reggae was in college, you know, like there came a time where I was just super burned out with hip hop. So I was, I was on the the hunt like what's next I need something new for my ears so naturally you know uh, reggae is hip hop's dad in my opinion you know if you study the history of hip hop you know a lot of the early rappers slash MCs you know rhythms and cadences came from reggae music and I just dove in head first and fell in love with it Um, fell in love with the culture fell in love with the music (laughs) and uh, and just became a student student of it over the years you know, loved ones means your family. So the whole purpose of the loved ones brand is to uh, is to promote unity, um, unity through Christ um, ultimately. But also, it's to open up you know believers' eyes that you know you're a part of a worldwide family. And there's a lot of injustice going on out there that we need to be a part of to help. We need to we need to be aid. We need to help financially. We need to actually get out in the field and help. There's a lot of persecution going on. That, that we're blind to and deaf to right now that, that I want to I want to bring I want to bring awareness in the songs you know I want to talk about these things and uh, and just encourage the body to unite and come together and support I was stressing I was questioning seems like it's taking so long I'm 
I'm always in a hurry and my heart breaks my plans for two Oh Lord, I know you hear my cry And I might desire I guess I'm not ready cause many are the pains of man But your purpose will prevail You know I always hear him say Enjoy the journey and embrace it He followed loved ones with 2011's The Breakup. And on March 19, 2013, he dropped Vanity Fair. This album combines his brands of urban music, reggae, and worship rock. So why did he choose the title Vanity Fair? You know, it comes from a magazine, um, but fair is spelled differently. It's F-A-I-R, you know. Uh, but the magazine is basically, you know, it's a vanity fair. It's a gathering of basically vain things, if you really think about it. But the way I spelled fair is F-A-R-E, like the cost of vanity. Um, and so through my life experiences of successes and failures, but then also a deeper look at Solomon's uh, successes and failures in Ecclesiastes, you know, we learned that the cost of vanity is it's your life. You know, if you choose to spend your life chasing the created things for joy and fulfillment, you know, you will end just like Solomon did saying it's all vanity. You know, I was chasing the wind. I was chasing something I couldn't catch, you know, and what you couldn't catch is that true joy and fulfillment that we all seek because we're looking for it in created things, which will constantly fail us every day. The album kicks off with the track Rainbows featuring Tadashi. Rainbows highlights the fare that people pay for vanity. The concept behind that is, which is actually funny because a lot of people laugh at the title, but like, well, let's let's look at the meaning. You know, rainbows is, you know, there's that whole folklore that, you know, at the end of the rainbow is a pot of gold and this and that. But like, that's what, Today, especially in our American culture, is what all media and marketing is. is they want you to chase the, rain, the end of the rainbow uh, by, by attaining these things that they're selling. And they sell you a lie. Or you'll find your contentment and joy is if you get this or have this. Um, and, and you're chasing rainbows because the pot of gold doesn't exist. Just like that true fulfillment happiness does not exist from anything that is created. Rainbows showcases his urban brand, while Stones showcases his urban rock brand. 
Yeah, so Stones is also a very personal track of mine, and I mean, content-wise, you know, it is written from my point of view. It's just basically written about my past foolishness in my life and how it, you know, how it's how the effects of sin, you know, they're real. I mean, they disappear in terms of the Lord, the Lord looking at you and judging you. Know, like, you know, he, he views you as righteous, you know, if you're truly saved. But like, the effects of sin in this world is real, and the pain is real. People are always going to constantly try to hold you down and try to say, you know, you're never going to change. You can't change. You're still the same old person or this and that. And that really affects you. You know what I'm saying? And it it sucks that that's the way it is today. Instead of having people actually encourage you and lift you up. So that's kind of standpoint of the song. But then the the more encouraging point of the song is, you know, realizing that, that no human being has any right to judge another human being. You know, as the scriptures are very clear, you know. And you pull the log out of your eye before you pick the speck out of someone else's eye. Um, but I also pulled from the scriptures, you know, where they were going to stone, stone the lady. And uh, Jesus is like, you know, whoever has no sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And, uh, you know, that, that's the way I feel a lot of times. Like, I feel believers are very quick to judge and quick to throw stones, but they're very slow to evaluate their own lives and what they're and the reality of what they're doing and what they're dealing with in their life and encourage those people to drop their stones and reflect on their own issues before they want to get into someone's life like really expose themselves and make themselves vulnerable so they can see growth and change had to include his reggae brand and don't shoot featuring delavu and lee green does just that yeah, don't shoot uh kind of kind of ties off i guess with stones too and talks just about character assassination but more specifically it talks about how fans of preachers or specifically of artists love to elevate us to places where we should not be elevated to. And they expect us to be Christ and be perfect. And the reality is that any preacher or artist is, we're no different than the fans themselves. You know what I'm saying? We just have different callings or talents. We are human. I'm not even close to perfect I'm very far The only true perfection belongs to the Lord And even if me was, me could have never been And it's a call to all fans to, to realize that, recognize that And accept us as humans, accept us as you know, non-perfect human beings um, You know, I've, I've had the chance to be around all my favorite preachers and pastors I have a chance to be around a lot of my favorite artists also 
And if you're around anybody for an extended period of time, you're gonna their humanness is gonna be very, you know, evident. You know, <laughs> it doesn't take long to see they're human um, uh, in a good way, though, not necessarily in a bad way. You know, but it, it dethrones, you know, it dethrones people that shouldn't be on thrones anyway. So that's kind of that song is just like stop killing, stop shooting us, you know, with your words. And through the process of writing that song, you know, I really, the Lord really put on my heart that I am a voice for the aspiring Christian. I'm a voice for the struggling Christian because that's what I am. I'm not perfect. I don't have it figured out. I don't have all the answers, nor do I live a perfect life. You know what I'm saying? Am I striving? Oh, yeah. But I'm not perfect. When I write my records, you know, I observe, you know, the, the reality and situations in all my friends' lives and in my life, and then I write about it. You know, so it's, it's just I'm a voice of the reality of relevant issues that we all deal with. Abandon is a very personal track for Benja, even though it's not about him. It's not about me. It's actually about my girlfriend um, and her tough upbringing and lack of family. And the song is just super anointed. But, um, you know, the whole gist of that song is not not to look to man for that that all-consuming love that we all desire because you know she grew up without her father and she had an opportunity to meet him when she was uh 17 um and so she had many expectations of what she wanted from him you know in terms of you know what you would want a father to be you know someone you can rely on lean on you can trust you know you can count on them to help you and direct you in the right place and really you know a father is a you know, symbol of safety, too. Like, they, you should feel safe around them. Um, and all these things, you know, in her mind that she's built up for 17 years of her life, what she's dreamed of, and he was nothing of that. He, he was terrible. He's a coward. He was not a man, and he did not fulfill anything. And actually kicked her out of his house in Miami when she was 17 and didn't even speak English. And, you know, it's a sad story, but it's also a beautiful story to see how the Lord you know, has used those circumstances um, to, and he redeemed them, redeemed those circumstances. Um, and she, you know, in turn fell madly in love with the Lord because he is the only one that was always there, regardless of the situation. The moment that I longed for, so nervous to meet him. To lean on the strong oak to hold me tight, to love me right. My dream became a nightmare out of nowhere, so scared. The wind knocked out my chest when I saw my clothes and garbage bags. Lord, why me? I don't know where to go. So Lord, take Say, you've been running round in circles, lost in your hurricane. And I've been next to you the whole time, right now to say my name. And I'll run to you. You need to feel my love right now. And I'll comfort you when everyone has let you down. 
just an encouragement to believers to know that, you know, as as humans, we create the storms. We create the, the drama and the hurricanes in our life. But in the midst of that, you know, I encourage you guys to open your eyes and look because he's standing right there in front of you. You know, it's just it's sad that we're blind to it. And when we try to we try to turn towards natural or human ways to deal with things. But my encouragement is to open your spiritual eyes and realize that the Lord is right there. And no matter how crazy the situation may seem, you know, he's he's there. Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. This has been a Brown Theory production and an 83 Media production. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. That's TestimonyStories with an S.com, where you can hear content for you and about you. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Next to you the whole time.